0: Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're tuning in to two new holiday programs, the new Lifetime original movie, Christmas in Tune, starring Reba McIntyre, and the Happy Holidays episode of Padma Lakshmi's Hulu show, Taste the Nation. We'll also be tucking into festive holiday desserts and sharing recipes for rum balls and mini fruitcakes. Joining us on this tour of merriment are all things cozy Christmas classics, Alonzo Duraldi and Dave White, who are both film critics, hosts of the film review podcast, Linoleum Knife, and husbands. They are also Christmas connoisseurs. Dave runs a stunning Instagram highlighting their vintage Christmas decorations, which you can follow at DxAxtree on Instagram. And Alonzo literally wrote the book on Christmas movies, two of them actually, one of them being Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas, and his latest, a collaboration with the Deck the Hallmark podcast titled I'll Be Home for Christmas Movies. Welcome back to the show, Dave and Alonzo. Welcome. Hello.
1: Merry Christmas. Hey, y'all.
0: Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. So glad to have you back. It wouldn't be the season without our Santa, elves. You're Santa and elves. You're everything. You're the (laughs) alpha and the omega of Christmas.
2: (laughs) Santa and his husband.
3: (laughs) Yes, I like that.
0: Before we dive in, let's check in with what's making us feel cozy this holiday season.
3: So I was house-sitting the house sitting and cat sitting for my friend. And as a thank you, he gave me tickets to Candlelight Jazz at the Manual Presbyterian Church in L.A. as a tribute to Aretha Nina and the other divas of soul. And this is typically something I probably wouldn't go to by myself, but it was free. So I said, hey, why not? So I took my katukas over to the church <laughs> <laughs> and it was very, very cozy. Uh, lots of, you know, of course, tons of candles because of the Candlelight Jazz. So it was a beautiful, cozy scene. Everything was cloaked in light is, of course, at night. So it was just a lovely, lovely scene. I can't stress that enough. And even though I'm not the biggest fan of jazz, the heart and the enthusiasm of the performers was just off the charts. And the crowd reactions were amazing. Some people actually picked up the candles and were waving them around. Of course, (laughs) they're not real candles. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to burn down the church. So many older folks were just having the time of their lives. And at the end of the show, one woman went, encore encore and it was just uh, it was just a lovely time that sounds incredible yeah it's a whole concert series so they um do all different kinds of um, musical tastes
2: i like the idea of people getting so wound up that they start picking up fire to wave around
1: a church <laughs> well
3: the good thing well yes yeah, good thing it was those um but were those Mata Recommended them for our cozy gift guide. Where are those candles? Those that, flameless?
0: Um, flameless, yeah, just a flameless. Oh, like, okay. They're just a battery operated candle. I'm wondering right. how many of them went missing that night. <laughs> <laughs>
3: People People got carried away, taking their own souvenir. A yeah, yeah. The waving them out the door. <laughs> yeah, very very gorgeous. But
0: I want to go to a Divas of Soul night. That sounds incredible.
3: Yeah, it was amazing. The singer is from Chicago, but they get uh, LA based musicians. So each city are their unique musicians to. That location.
0: Well, it's hard to top that. But my cozy holiday thing right now is another movie I had to shoehorn in <laughs> to our episode, which is Netflix's new original movie "Single All the Way," which is a Christmas comedy starring Michael Urie, Philemon uh, Chambers, Jennifer Coolidge, and Kathy Jimmy about a gay man from L.A. going home for the holidays, but tired of being pestered about being single. So he convinces his longtime best friend to pretend like they finally fell in love just to get them off his back. What I love the most about this movie is how it abandons that premise almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> which, which feels like a comment on last year's Happiest Season, which sadly did not. <laughs> I think it's worth a watch if just for Jennifer Coolidge's turn as a tyrannical theater director. But it's cozy to me because it features a family that loves their gay son from the mm-hmm. jump instead of needing a Christmas miracle to accept him.
1: I love a fake boyfriend trope in the in the Hallmark uh, universe. Like it's, We see it a lot where the fake fiancé, fake boyfriend. And, yeah, the fact that they do a reverse double back and, and ditch it entirely and, and that the mom has set him up with a uh, hunky trainer, Luke McFarlane, and that the Luke McFarlane character is not a villain in any way. He's just not the best friend that
0: this guy's clearly in love with. Um, yeah, I, I, I found that film really charming. It was super cute. It's not like, it's not going to change your world. You know, it's not, it's not Citizen Kane. But um, as far as like holiday fair goes that you could find on like Hallmark Channel or Lifetime, I think this fits right in as a pretty decent installment of a movie like that.
1: It's the gold standard of what when we talk about diversity in these movies, we're not necessarily expecting them to reinvent the wheel as far as what these movies are shaped like and what they do, but we can at least expect uh, some some switcheroos and who's in it and whose stories get told.
0: Absolutely,
3: I saw it as well. I really I really enjoyed it, and um, I also enjoyed how the best friend immediately realized he was in love with the protagonist. So not only did the the ruse immediately drop off, but it didn't take him long to realize it was right in front of him.
0: All right, I'm going to kick it over to Alonzo. Alonzo, what's making you feel cozy? Well, I have to say, the season itself makes me feel cozy, and it's because uh, I
1: am one oh, of those. Me. <laughs> well, partially, yes. You you do <laughs> you do make our home a, a lovely, uh, a, you know, a conveyor belt of warmth. That's, that's a... a say in a badly translated uh, subtitle in an old Hong Kong action movie. That's that's a fact. Um, no, that. I'm one of those weirdos that that enjoys Christmas media all year round. Just because, for me, the season itself flies by so quickly, and I'm so busy this time of year that I don't really get to luxuriate in it. So I will be watching Christmas movies in the spring, and I will be occasionally tuning into SiriusXM's Holiday Traditions channel in July, and that is my secret shame, and it's just my own thing to, to deal with, but. During the holiday season itself, everybody is watching this stuff and listening to this stuff. So it's it's like that moment on Sesame Street where Big Bird finally gets to reveal the existence of Snuffleupagus to all the people who didn't believe him before. I just feel like less of a weirdo during the holidays because
0: I'm not the only one listening to Andy Williams. (laughs) (laughs) We are all here with you. You're not alone, Alonzo. Yes, definitely not. Dave, how about you? What's making you feel cozy?
2: First of all, I bought a new hoodie in August and I did this because when I bought it, it was not in stock yet. And they said, this is from L.L. Bean. It's a flannel lined hoodie. Mm -hmm. And they were like, it may show up by November. And I was like, okay, I'll try. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll be here. Well, it did showed up in October. Now I need it. I woke up this morning. The apartment was cold. I have my new flannel lined hoodie on. And that's very exciting to me. And it makes me feel very cozy. But the real cozy thing that is that is making me happy every single day, I buy Christmas ornaments and decorations kind of year round. I have insomnia a lot, and so in the middle of the night, when I have insomnia at two thirty in the morning, I'm on eBay or Etsy buying some vintage Christmas decoration, and then a couple of weeks later, boom, there it is, and we save it <laughs> for the end of the year. Around the time I bought this flannel lined hoodie, uh, I was I was you know looking around on on eBay, and I found these old things that I had never seen before. They were made by GE in the 50s and 60s, and they were called ice lights. And they are general, you know, uh, little C7 bulbs that you put in your Christmas tree string of
1: lights. They're, they're round and like a little larger than a golf ball size. They're
2: a little bigger than a golf ball size, and they are uh, covered with a plastic material that apparently somehow does not melt. I mean, not apparently, it doesn't melt, but it looks like a little ball of ice.
1: Like it's frosted.
2: I bought a box full of them for pretty cheap and they go for a lot of money. This person just clearly wanted to clear out what they had. And I put it all around our tree this year in various you know, slots where other lights would go. You guys... <laughs> It's made our tree so amazing this year. These vintage big round balls of fake ice uh, on the strands of light. And every
0: day, every night I look at it and I go,
2: yeah, that was a good
0: good choice. You know, as a Christmas decoration is good, it has to elicit that reaction on a daily basis. And if it doesn't, it needs
2: to
3: go. (laughs) Yeah. And if all the vices – Buying Christmas ornaments online is the coziest one to have.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, Instagram account because uh, friends goof on me all the time. They're like, you know what? When I made my alt account, it's just me almost naked. <laughs> and, you <made> one, <laughs> and you made one of your
1: Christmas decorations. <laughs> so, you know. There are all kinds of alts out there. There
2: are all that's kinds y- of alts. That's you yeah. at
0: your most vulnerable. You're
3: exposing-
0: <laughs> and we like every post. Your Christmas I look spirit to the to it world. Every day. Those, those lights sound gorgeous. I, I can't wait to see them on the Instagram. I remember you showing photos of them unlit. So I'm looking forward yeah. to the lit photos. It's gonna be lit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alonzo. Uh, <laughs> so shall we dive into our Christmas programming for this year? So we uh sat down and watched two new programs. The first was Reba McIntyre's Christmas in Tune, and the second was an episode of Padma Lakshmi's Taste the Nation, Happy Holidays. So let's start with Reba, as we, as we should. Reba, Reba comes first. So Christmas in Tune premiered on November 26th on Lifetime. It stars the Queen of Country, Reba McIntyre, John Schneider from Dukes of Hazard and Smallville, and Candace King, The Vampire Diaries. The Melissa Joan Hart uh, produced story, yep, that Melissa, (laughs) of Holiday in Handcuffs and uh, Nutty Christmas fame, follows Georgia, an established country music star in Nashville. So Georgia seems to have it all, adoring fans, glittery sets, a gorgeous ranch, but when a young reporter inquires about her love life, she appears unnerved. We soon find out Georgia is separated from her former collaborator, Joe, with whom she shares an adult daughter named Belle. The two are not on good terms which presents a problem for Belle as she's tasked with reuniting her parents for one night of holiday cheer. Apparently, she's a uh, planner for the U.S. Army for a fundraiser, and we got to reunite the, the parents. Her career depends on that happening, and that is Christmas in Tune. I'm, I'm just going to kick it over to Jillian for her <laughs> hot take first. Jillian, what did you think about this movie?
3: Well, first off, I want to thank Matt for in, indulging me in this because I had a little tantrum. I said, we need to watch Reba Reba's Christmas movie. <laughs> she and... was
0: crying and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Rending of garments. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was ready to burn down um, all things cozy HQ. But it was a joy to see Reba in all of her Christmas inspired outfits. The glittery and green red dresses, the sparkly white fringe jacket. Uh, she reminded me of a Rockette, so I loved it. Uh, all the, the sets were gorgeous. I loved the ranch. So cozy. That's a scene we don't usually get in, in Nashville. At least I hadn't really seen a lot of Christmas-based movies there this year. And I loved the chemistry between Georgia and Joe. Them trying to out each other was a lot of fun. Um, but one thing I didn't like was the inclusion of, of Belle. I just didn't think that it was necessary to have her be used as a plot device to get Georgia and Joe back together. Because I think there have been plenty of conceivable ways to have them reunite. Maybe they get a paycheck or they need to revive their careers. I don't think that we needed that. And I thought it was really strange that the general was so set on having them reunite. It's, especially if it's a charity event, just so strange that, you know, he would perhaps cancel a charity event not to have them back together. So that was uh, really strange. Of course, I love the duet. Love hearing Reba sing. Biggest Reba fan there is. So I loved it despite that weird weird plot point and i thought troy was really really creepy so no offense, to, no offense to that
0: actor. he's very what,
3: what, wooden and strange
0: maybe he was a nutcracker come to life who knows um, <laughs> dave and alonzo you're the film critics in the house what did you think about this piece of cinema
1: well i'll, I'll go first yes, yes you should before it. dave really um digs it as somebody you know I, I have a sort of separate scale by which i grade these kinds of christmas movies versus like you know real cinema um i i think that as these kinds of movies go these sort of made for cable christmas movies that we get like well this year a, b- a bigger deluge than ever but like you know so many of them you know it, it has some things in its favor i think uh I'll tell you, I watched uh, the other um, star name in the title movie on Lifetime, Kirk Franklin's A Gospel Christmas, uh, which Kirk Franklin literally zooms into one (laughs) scene, you know, tells everybody, "Hello, have a great concert. And then, boom, he's out. Like, that's all you get from the (laughs) entire movie. Reba McIntyre's Christmas in Tune, on the other hand, she is in this thing stem to stern, Mm -hmm. like in pretty much every scene. I admire her sort of charming awkwardness as an on-camera uh, uh, personality. Like, there are times where I feel like I'm watching Andrea Martin do a character on SCTV the way that she is, the way she composes herself on camera. But she is funny, and she obviously can sing the paint off of things. So, you know, I thought as as sort of you know got to get the band back together got to perform for the troops movies go like they pretty much write it in a way where where things pretty much make sense i like the fact uh that we get norm lewis from defive bloods as the producer you know he's a legit actor i like john schneider a lot um you know i yeah i think this 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 movie you know gives you the feels that you want i, I wish they hadn't overplayed the whole songs get written based on things we say in conversation like that was funny once or twice but they keep doing it and that was a little detrop but yeah I'd say as again on the scale of made for cable Christmas movies you know that may or may not be produced by Melissa Joan Hart's mother uh, this was pretty good.
3: Yeah, I, I I agree that um, the the lines that Joe was saying, which is, we'll socks off, which I made no sense. Like, he would say, I can't believe we've been uh, separated for so long. And she's like, Joe, I have to get you back in the band. I mean, like, he would say anything. And he, she would just be blown away by his, his lyricism, which wasn't really that impressive. But it's funny, they
0: have these, like, diva moments where they're trying to, like kind of get more leverage over the other one as they're starting to reunite and fill each other out. And... It was funny. I mean they were they did it they did it as well as they could, but also like them being quote unquote divas is is really cute because they're not like they're yeah. barely causing a ruckus. It's all about who stands where and who doesn't exactly which it's verse. like this is a marriage to not disintegrate over who's gonna stand on what part of the stage. Okay?
2: <laughs> well, you know showbiz people.
0: Yeah, exactly. You were singing my verse. Like as if they wouldn't have discussed that ahead of time. We're but.
2: divorced now. <laughs>
0: And also Reba's just so, like, it, you put it perfectly, Alonzo, she's so awkward that it's kind of hard to even con- be convinced that she could ever be, like, sort of problematic or troublesome. And maybe that's her secret talent. Maybe she is in real life. Maybe she's a whole a total nightmare. <laughs> you just look at her and be like, oh, Reba. But she she's knows just, how like, to come it. off as just folks. Exactly, and she's <laughs> just throwing furniture in her dressing room every night. For me, honestly, the biggest thing was, like, I was obsessed with Reba's laugh. Every time something funny would happen, she would just let out a, a nice big, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, if Goofy met country, and I really did love the I Needed Christmas song, which Jillian had as her uh, soothing Mm -hmm. sound last week, which makes sense now why she was demanding to watch this movie, because she's like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to the source. (laughs) And I do think that song really worked in this context. And it kind of almost felt like they had the song first and they built the movie around it. Um, But I can't be sure if that was the case, but it seems like it could be. Dave, how about you? What, what did you think? I'm sure you loved it from start to finish. I
2: hate all of these movies. Um, <laughs> they And I hate them all because I love Christmas. And I think people mistake my seething rage over these made-for-television Christmas films for a, a, a concurrent seething rage for Christmas. No, 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 no. I love Christmas. And that is why I hate these movies. Having said that, I'm feeling cozy. And I'm feeling like a team player today. So I've compiled a short (laughs) list of things that I like and things that are weird and things that made me laugh about this film. Let me get my absolute crush on Norm Lewis out of the way first. Uh, He has been around forever. He's a big Broadway guy. And every time he pops up in something, uh, before I learned his name, every time he would pop up in something, I would say to myself, who's this? (laughs) And now I know his name and he's, you know, uh, basically my age and he's got that nice gray hair. And I'm just like, I want to kiss you. (laughs) Um, So let's get that out of the way first. I have a crush on Norm Lewis. Secondly, I too, Jillian, enjoyed the fringed white jacket. Reba looks cool when she's dressed in fun clothes that are too young for her. But simultaneously, they're kind of old fashioned clothes as well. And so that was nice. I like the way she says, Sandy Claus <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. I love that the press conference that happens immediately after the music video shoot is like <laughs> something out of La Dolce Vita. the <laughs> <laughs> Where the, where the recorders are like, Reba, Reba, or whatever her name was, Georgia, <laughs> Georgia, Georgia, sure. Georgia, Georgia, burning questions. Where, where are you going for Christmas? <laughs> and she's like, I'm just going to my ranch and I'm going to make it ready for Christmas. And someone else is like, Christmas? And Reba says, Christmas. <laughs>
0: in that moment, too, she's coming off the set of her like latest Christmas special right, directly into a press right. conference for some yeah. reason. They're
2: all just and clamoring waiting for her there.
0: Well, it was so confusing because my husband literally was like, wait, the movie started? I thought we were watching a Target commercial. He didn't realize <laughs> that, like, that opening segment was part of the movie.
2: I like that her name is Georgia because I think most of the things that are details in this movie are subliminal messages for you to go back and listen to the Reba McIntyre catalog because she recorded a cover of the night the lights went out in Georgia in the nineties, which was originally a hit with Vicki Lawrence in yes. 1973. I was alive then in third grade. I remember it. I also like that the fact that her name is Georgia and she's with, you know, uh, what's his face, John Schneider. Dukes of Hazard. that, that's sort of meant to evoke a Georgian Tammy vibe that, that, you know, that old the, the tradition in country music of the 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 duet of famous singers. There was George Jones and Tammy Wynette, uh, Loretta Lynn and Conway Twitty, and you know all the way down the line. Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton. Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton. Part Parton Parton Parton. <laughs> I also like when they say the word fancy to each other. You're meant, oh, of course, again to go back and listen to Reba's cover of Bobby Gentry's Fancy. And I need to make sure everyone understands this. Fancy is not a Reba McIntyre song. Reba did a cover of Fancy. Fancy was written by Bobby Gentry, who was the woman who, who wrote Ode to Billy Joe. Let's just, everyone, remember your history. She's there. a legend,
1: is that Bobby Gentry? Yeah.
2: I love the idea that when her daughter asks her uh, to do this concert on Christmas Eve, Reba's like, um, no way. And the daughter says, okay, fine, I'll just call uh, Casey Musgraves or Miranda Lambert. And Reba goes, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not going to let these young people in my way. I'm the boss of Christmas country. I'm going to do it. There's a weird moment that the script doesn't know uh, is wrong or the actor said it backwards and 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 they just let it fly. I forget now who says this to Reba, but she says, I'm such a big fan, and I loved your pivot to country alt. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, your pivot to what? <laughs> there, is, there is a thing called alt country. There is sometimes people refer to it as new country, and sometimes people refer to it as Americana. But nobody says country alt. And Reba McIntyre has never been part of any
1: of and that. That is correct.
2: <laughs> like, but I'll tell you what I would love. It, wouldn't it be cool if Reba McIntyre did an album produced by... Because Like
1: like with Mumford
2: and Sons? Loretta, no. <laughs> Loretta Lynn, no. Loretta Lynn did a record with Jack White. <laughs> Charlie Leuven from the Leuven Brothers, he did a record produced by Will Oldham. Wouldn't it be cool if, if Reba McIntyre did an album produced by, I don't know, Thurston Moore? Yeah. Like, that would be the best thing.
1: Well, this all goes back to Johnny Cash and Rick Rubin, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: And so I'm... I think that would be a wonderful thing if Reba, in real life, yes, did a stripped-down acoustic record with some, you know, new, uh, like Je- like Jeff Tweedy, like from yeah. Wilco, like like let him get
0: a hold of her and do that. And I think and that would she be needs to call that album "Country Alt." And then
2: she could <laughs> – and she would call it country alt, and then she really could perform at stagecoach like the person in the movie says. I loved you at stagecoach. I'm like, Reba had to be explained – you had to explain stagecoach stage to, oh. to Reba. Maybe she could do an of the old 97s. And that is everything I think about this film. I did enjoy <laughs> – I did enjoy the numerous candles. Uh, oh, my God. how So, did it so, many, so many flameless, flameless candles. candles. So, so many, candles. many.
3: They're drowning hard. in it.
2: But they looked real, and the whole idea of, like, well, I'm going to bed now, and I'm going to leave all these candles burning (laughs) was, you know, that's a fire hazard, (laughs) y'all. I
3: also thought it was strange. One thought I forgot about is that, is this what the troops really want?
2: <laughs> no, yes. no. The troops like we were kind of hoping for Dua Lipa.
3: <laughs> well, endured they, enough.
1: they make it out to where like it, no one will stop asking her when she's going to reunite with Joe. So obviously <laughs> it's a get for the military to like have these two Titans back together. I, I like the fact that it wasn't a deal where. They had both their their careers had diminished without each other, or that like she Mm -hmm. was a star and he was like singing in Holiday Inn lounges. Like the fact that he's a successful songwriter on his on on his own, and that she's a successful you know country star, uh, I I think makes the stakes a little different. Where it's not like they're coming together out of desperation; it's they're they're originally doing it just as a as a as to help out their daughter, but then ultimately they kind of see the point in 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 what they bring out of each other as as artists.
2: Let's remember their annoying daughter.
1: Their, very, yes, yeah, they're
2: I'm very, very annoying,
3: very annoying. 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 Daughter.
0: Yeah, and I did not care about her love story at all. <laughs> no, thing. There were the whole levels of why that didn't make sense. I mean, first of all, no one needs to have their parent perform at a fundraiser to have that gig. <laughs> That should have never been part of the deal. She wasn't gonna lose a contract because she couldn't reunite her. Like the shit, that's out of her control. And anyone who expects that is insane
1: the military industrial complex just
0: expect what they want when they want it and they don't want to hear any excuses about it that is it's correct. reba <laughs> the romance itself between her and the soldier didn't make any sense either because they're just like sitting around all day watching reba perform which who doesn't want to do that but it's also Isn't like she she great? Do do?
1: yeah, yeah. And, and like you know they have the conversation about the compass and then a day or two later he gives her a compass and she's like oh you remembered i'm like well they've been for like hours. you mentioned it years ago he's you not know. a Goldfish, yeah, <laughs> uh, but
0: I think you can't do a movie that involves the troops without having someone in uniform falling in love. I guess, but it was at the cost of any supporting character. Like it, it, this is a movie with no support. I guess you could call the daughter and the love interest as supporting, of course. But like, it felt almost like two parallel romance stories. And it, I, I wish the the B plot or whatever would have been maybe something a little like different. Yeah. But it's just sort of like, oh, we're just watching these two couples go to their happy ending, which. Is great, but we don't need two of those. I was just thinking
1: that, um, you know, Hallmark, uh, Lifetime is, 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 is leagues ahead at this point, but Hallmark is trying to do some catch up as far as like uh, incorporating LGBT characters into these movies. And, you know, whether it's often as a B plot, but like it's still there. I'm waiting for the day now that we get an LGBT troop romance. Yeah. Because, you know, you you can be uh you can be out and, and serving our country now thanks to the uh abolition of don't ask, don't tell. So that's a that's a bridge I have yet to see one of these Christmas movies cross, and now I want to see it.
0: One like will equal one gay troop. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt that one day we'll we have a, a little Nas X Christmas movie.
1: Oh
2: man! Where he you're, brings you're,
0: together the gay troops.
2: That might be the one that makes me stop hating these movies. Your
0: mouth to Santa the ear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, overall, I think I think we can agree it was cute. It was you know it was a cute one of these types of movies and I do I do enjoy new reba music so grateful for that Yeah
1: yeah, and, and, and I think also if you're going to really work your star's name in the title, the star better be in the movie. And she
0: certainly is.
2: And Reba is actually genuinely sort of playful and, 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 and fun. I have a true life Reba McIntyre story that I would like to share with you right now. <laughs> oh, please. In the 1980s, because I am very old, I was in college, and I went to Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. And one of my best friends at that time, uh, we both worked at the mall at the same time. Lubbock's South Plains Mall. I worked at Baskin Robbins, and my friend Beth worked at the Love Shop, which is a Christian gift store, three three doors down.
3: Not what I thought it was. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> and
2: uh, and Reba McIntyre, whose career was still sort of ramping up in the 80s, she was shopping in the mall, and she went into the Love Shop while my friend Beth was on her shift. And my friend Beth looked at her and said, are you like Reba McIntyre? and Reba McIntyre says am I like Reba McIntyre (laughs) or am I Reba McIntyre (laughs) and Beth goes yeah yeah that she goes I am Reba McIntyre
3: (laughs) Reba has that spunk to her
0: that's the end of the story (laughs) I'm glad that she took the time to break that down (laughs) lest there be any confusion
3: classic Reba
0: all right, Jillian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you introduce the, the next uh, show for us to talk about.
3: We dove into Taste the Nation, Happy Holidays. It's hosted by Top Chef's Padma Lakshmi. And it's a docu-series exploring the many culinary delights and food cultures of America. Season two, which premiered in November of this year, is a holiday theme series and kicked off with an episode unraveling the significance of Hanukkah, specifically in relation to Ashkenazi Jews of New York's Lower East Side. Throughout Hanukkah's eight days, Padma meets with various shop owners, chefs, and Jewish families, and even a Holocaust survivor, to understand how the sea-list holiday of the Jewish faith, as one interview equipped, got reinvented in America and the heartfelt reasons behind it. Of course, many delicious foods are made and quickly consumed. On the final night of Hanukkah, Padma enjoys an intimate feast with one Jewish family, even bringing along her daughter Krishna, who has Jewish heritage from her father. The episode ends with the meal's attendees cloaked in warm light as they enjoy one another's company, appearing to reflect an earlier sentiment shared about Hanukkah, which is hope prospers in community. So yeah, I thought that the variety of business owners that Padma interviewed were great because each story was unique, but had a similar thread. And the interview with the grandkids of Russ and Daughters told a story of cementing traditional Jewish foods in New York, while her chat with the young owners of Elphateria, demonstrated how reinvention can honor those same traditions, and I really laughed at them calling Ashkenazi food 50 shades of brown, which yeah, I have seen very, 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 very <laughs> accurate. Yeah, no, and
0: it's, it's really true. Anyone who knows who either eats a lot of or is familiar with Eastern European cuisine knows that it's, there's a lot of brown <laughs> in it, um, but I did like that they took the time to like show that that's not just that with some stuffed cabbage, which is delicious.
3: Yeah, I that, that was really fun, and they actually have a those business owners have a cookbook out, which I'm going to have to check out. And then I really appreciate learning more about the history of the New York Ashkenazi community. Um, my great grandma is Ashkenazi an Jewish, and she grew up in Lower East Side. But so I bet she didn't talk about that, so we don't know if she converted or not. So it's like really cool for me to learn that history and just how that community came together. And also, it was interesting to learn about how Hanukkah is set apart from other holidays because they really emphasized how it's not the Jewish Christmas. And it is, it's, it's not <laughs> that uh, it shares that same festivity and fun and celebration. And I love how they pointed out it was the first time I knew immigrants could celebrate it out in the open and the celebrations took place at home. So it's all about that community feel, which is really important. And I loved all the food. I just wish I saw more of it. I wanted more food.
0: Yeah, I, the personal narratives were touching and enlightening, but, um, and I liked how they centered the food and community, and that was very cozy, for sure. Um, but I completely share your feeling that I wish there was more food. Maybe I, I'm not familiar <laughs> enough with the <laughs> format of There's the show, because there were just like, three, we get three hits. We, get, we start off with
3: Russ and latkes. Others. Yeah, they did, they did latkes, there? and then yeah. also all the, um, all the toppings for bagels and all that.
0: Yes, so. and then um, we go into the stuffed cabbage, and we close out with some brisket.
3: And don't forget the pickles.
0: Oh, and the mm-hmm. pickles, yes. The pickle guys, yeah. That's true. I-, I can't believe I forgot the pickles. <laughs> and yet, I still wish there was more food talk, because I, I just wanted to kind of get a little deeper into the cuisine. But this is definitely, I think that might have just been an expectation issue, because this, this is definitely more about, the- I would say it's more about the people than the food.
1: Yeah, I've I've only seen a few episodes of Taste the Nation, but I think what Lakshmi is trying to do here is uh, it really, to me, I think this show is a, a great sort of refutation of the idea of nationalism and white supremacy that has yes. been so prevalent, uh, you know, yes. in this country. You know, that's, I mean, it's always been there, but I think it's really roared its ugly head in the last five years or so, and so this is this kind of reminder of the melting pot notion of this country, that this is a country that has been made up of outsiders, that outsiders have brought their cultures and their cuisines to it. And the fact that everybody likes eating all of this different stuff that we all benefit from all of these new nationalities and, 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 you know, the, the people coming to our shores from other parts of the world and, and, you know, our tummies get to enjoy, you know, the spices and the, the, the food combinations that they bring with them. So, I think, yeah, she does want to show you the food and show you how the food gets made, but I think she's more principally interested in kind of the backstory and in how all of this encompasses what America is. Um so on a cultural level, yeah, I, I found this this episode to be really moving. Uh the the when when the woman from Russ and Daughters talks about her mother being a Colombian immigrant and how she would answer the phone at Russ and mm-hmm. Daughters and people would say, I want to speak to someone, and she'd say, I'm someone, and they would hang up. Like That that hit me, you know, and and I think so many so many of the stories, you know, the the going to the tenement museum and talking to the woman who was the Holocaust survivor really kind of, you know, gets into this notion of of kind of the specifically American Judaica and the specifically American hanukkah uh, and and maybe that it 's not the Jewish Christmas but it's the it is the year end festival that 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 Jewish people get to celebrate instead of Christmas and that that has its own traditions and its own gifts and its own sort of family moments mm-hmm.
2: Alonzo was telling me as we were watching the episode um His, Alonzo's parents came to the United States in the fifties and Spain and, uh, and how he says that his mother (laughs) would tell him that when people spoke to her, strangers, when, people she just met spoke to her, they would speak to her as though she couldn't hear them. Like they would get very loud with her.
1: They would hear her English and think, oh, she must be deaf. <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> because they weren't used to an, a, accented English, you know, so that was the kind of stuff that... Uh, the,
2: uh, they would, you know, there's a tendency among people... Uh, when speaking to people, uh, for whom English is not the first language to raise their voices in hopes that they will be, that loud equals being better understood. And that isn't the case. But I just thought that was an interesting thing that you told me when we were watching the show. The, 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 the part of the episode that really moved me, uh, was the 93 year old, uh, woman that Padma Lakshmi interviewed, uh, who narrowly escaped Europe in 1939 and was separated from her family for an entire year. She was a 10-year-old child and whose parents got separated from her uh, in the process of escaping to the United States. She very pointedly says, and now the United States is doing that to people at the Southern border again. She said, and it's exactly the same thing. People who are desperate to get out of a place where they are in danger are coming here and we are taking them away, taking children away from their families, and we're still doing it. The fact that that people are being turned away again at the still at the southern border, that families are being you know detained and 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 divided up, that is a really really important element of this show. Padma Lakshmi has actually said uh, in interviews that she's doing battle with people like Tucker Carlson right now. Because people, right-wing white supremacist, white nationalists like Tucker Carlson and everyone else at Fox News, are doing their best to ruin the United States. They do not care about this country. And people like Padma Lakshmi do. And what what she says she's trying to do is counter this story that immigrants are not a part of the United States when that's all we are, people who... Uh, came here voluntarily, people who came here involuntarily, everyone who's here contributed to what we have always wanted the United States to be, but what it has still not yet ever become. And then there was the food, which is ostensibly the part of the, which is ostensibly the point of the show. And it's part of Padma Lakshmi's career as a, as a person who writes and and does food presentation, uh, presents on food shows on television. But I love that this show mixes up the food with the culture. And the, 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 the bottom line is always, this food can bring you together. And that's a cliche, of course, and not always true, but wouldn't it be great if it were? And why can't it be? And I think that's the vision of a better world that she's trying to... To bring you here
1: i always remember the fox pundit who who talked about how you know opening the borders would mean a taco truck on every corner like that's a bad I like, thing
2: where yeah, yes, is yeah. i don't <laughs> see the taco truck on my corner yet Make that, yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You, you could win a presidential campaign on that promise actually <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah chicken yeah. in every pot and a taco truck on every corner <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: That was really beautifully said, Dave. I really appreciate yeah. that. The community through the food shines through and the
3: segment it ended on was so beautiful. That dinner scene just looks so cozy and, oh, yeah. and, and lovely. It's really beautiful.
2: Oh, I need some and I needed some lotkas the the oh, yeah. was over. I was mm. like, Who's where where's my <laughs> latka truck on this corner? <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of food, we also prepared some Christmas desserts to try out and discuss on this episode. Do Have we done this topic before, Julian? I think this is actually our first time really diving into Christmas desserts. Which is
3: a shock. We've been yeah. at this for four years. We've never dabbled in Christmas desserts.
0: Yeah, there's really an en- endless supply of coziness out there. Um, <laughs> there really truly, is. <laughs> truly, truly. Dave, you are the chef extraordinaire yes. with us today. Uh, what did you cook up for dessert?
2: I'm a I'm a chef of medium abilities. And that is not true. The, you, you,
0: you discount yourself too much.
2: I, uh, <laughs> I no, I just seen what the pros can do, and I know where, I know my place in the world. <laughs> so there is a there is a Christmas cookbook that I love so much that I've practically destroyed it uh, over the years. Nigella Lawson has a Christmas cookbook. I make the mince pies in that cookbook every single year, um, and it's funny. This week, I, I subscribed to a, uh, a newsletter. Uh, Catherine Spire, who does the, uh, uh, the food podcast, Smart Mouth. There is a Smart Mouth newsletter on Substack, and I subscribed to it. And there was an article in it recently uh, about mince pies and why they are not popular. Now in the United Kingdom obviously in England they are very popular. They are the Christmas treat. They it's are what, what you
1: leave for Santa.
2: It's what you leave out for Santa Claus. But in the United States they've never been a thing and part of that reason was the puritans who came over uh who hated by the way Christmas <laughs> and thought it was an excuse for drunken, lewd, licentious and generally violent and terrible behavior and it was, <laughs> they hated Christmas and they banned it and for at least a while. Um, and one of the things that they banned uh, were mince pies because there's alcohol in them. You you soak uh, little dried fruits in alcohol and make a filling for this pie, and, and then you make little ones and you sort of pop them in your mouth. So... Then in the in the in the early uh, uh, late nineteenth early twentieth century, uh, the the growing forces of prohibition also was they were against them because of the same reason there was booze in them. Of course, during prohibition, mince pies alcohol content shot up because that was the way you could conceal it was
1: a carrying device booze
2: <laughs> in something that wasn't a glass. And so, the the, the funny thing about it is that. If you are buying a store bought brand of mince, or it is always known, but sort of erroneously so now as mince meat, there is no more meat in a mince meat pie that was in the you know uh, the olden times the olden times when sugar was used to preserve meat, and a sweetened meat pie was something that people wanted now a mince pie that has mince meat in quotes in it is just. Apples, raisins, dates, currants, those kind of things, uh, soaked in booze, soaked in like brandy generally and added with, you know, lemon peel, uh, orange peel, orange zest, lemon zest, candied, you know, a sugared up version of this. And in a tiny little pop in your mouth pie, it is the most delicious thing and Americans don't understand this. And I, because of Nigella Lawson, and I think before her, Martha Stewart, I made these because I was curious because I, it's not like you could go into a store and just buy some. You'd have to make them yourself. Obviously in the UK, you go to the store and they're ready made for you. You just bring them home if you don't feel like making your own. But I've been making my own with store-bought jarred uh, mints. It's so good. It is so good. And I, this year have taken the extra step, the Paul Hollywood extra step, because I read recently that this is what he does. He does not make his own mints. He buys it. A very good brand. My favorite brand is Wilkin and Sons. You can get it on the internet, but you just add more brandy to it and more orange zest and more lemon zest
1: to really like make it Take it to that next level. Jeanette Winterson uh, has a book called Christmas Days, which is short stories, but also recipes. And she's also like, yes, take your mints, add more booze. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, that's what I make every year. Go try it. Try making these for yourself. You're going to be converted. If you are of a, of a mind to, you know, try a thing. I tell you, I make them every year and people come to our house. I mean, not last year or really even this year, but they come to our house and I say, have a mince pie. And eight times out of 10, the person has never tried one. And their first reaction is, um, no thanks. And I'm like, have you ever had one? And they say, well, no. And I said, put this in your mouth right now. (laughs) And then they do. And generally they become fans.
3: But it smells amazing too.
1: Oh, absolutely! It and if, does. And if you don't want to make your own dough, you can, you know, buy the the pre made kind. And the 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 thing you would need to maybe buy that you don't already have one is like a a, a baking dish that has little, you know, individual pie like size a cupcake pies. tin,
2: but with little smaller smaller divots
1: yeah. <laughs> in it,
2: smaller cups in it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. It's funny that you that you chose that because. I'm realizing now that all of our selections have booze in them. And maybe that is the holiday secret is we're all just trying to get drunk off of our dessert.
1: Actually, mine does not.
0: Okay. Well, Alonzo, then I think you (laughs) have to, you can't share it. It's just, it doesn't fit. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I can't wait. I can't read a share dessert. So Dave, get us a recipe for, and Alonzo. So whatever you baked. Um, or recommending, if you could send us a like a an online recipe, I can for link sure it in the will. show notes. Absolutely. Yeah. So check out our show notes for the recipe to make your own mince pies. I'm going to use this opportunity because yours is so boozy, Dave, to to jump into my kind of similar like, in at least currently in our country, not really seen as a good thing. Um, but I really do want to rehabilitate the image of it, and I'm talking about fruit cake. Yay! So I. <laughs> There's a fruitcake revival going on. There ought to be because for me personally, it's there's a certain level of abstraction from when fruitcakes were popular um, into when I was a child, at, that, at which point were they, they were the most ridiculed because I was watching cartoons and TV shows where yep. like – Every holiday season, they were a joke. They were like, oh, we got another fruitcake from grandma. And they like bang it against the table or something. The Pee-wee Christmas special where he like builds a wall out of By the time I I had been indoctrinated as a child that fruitcakes were awful. And then I tried a good one finally in my adulthood. And I was like, what? (laughs) These are delicious. It's just that I guess people weren't doing them right. I don't know what was happening back then. I really enjoyed fruitcake when I had it. So I was like, you know, I'm going to try making my own. But here's another here's another wrinkle into my effort here. So. I am the only one in my house who really eats desserts and like, like will finish something. My husband likes dessert, but he, he's one of those people who's like, I'm just going to have a bite and I'm done. I'm like, I, I, I hate this. I can't just have a bite and I'm done, okay? I have to have the whole thing. Give me the whole cake. Give me the whole slice. Um, and so what ends up happening is whenever a dessert is made un, in, under this roof, I eat 85% of it. I have to um, portion down accordingly. What I, I was like, hey, okay, you know what? I'm going to make mini fruitcakes, like, kind of like a muffin-style fruitcake. And that, also, that way also people come over, I can just like throw one at them and they can just take it <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. no slicing or whatever. I got it. I got the recipe from Martha Stewart, but I also found this like old Christmas treasury cookbook um, from the 50s that has like this or the 60s that has these beautiful color photography in it that's like highly saturated and just really fun to look at. Ooh. And so I kind of melded the recipes from that. So I took the variation and I'm just going to be really upfront. Like I would not call the results a success. This was uh, I would say this was a failure but you learn more from failure than from success. So I mean, let me take you on a journey. So <laughs> this is what happened. To, to make your fruitcake, the first thing you want to do is get some dried fruits. So I use dried cherries, golden raisins, um, apricots, and apples, but it's really up to you. There's no rule to the fruits that you use just have to be dried. The one thing all the recipes I checked out seem to agree on is apricots. For, for whatever reason, like we have to have that in fruitcake. You chop them up, and then you let them soak overnight and you guessed it, brandy. <laughs> so yeah. they should really be soaking in brandy for at least eight hours. Um, a day is even better. They, you want them to soak up all that booze um, so the fruit is nice and boozy. The next day, you make your batter um, by creaming brown sugar and butter, then adding eggs, and then you, draw, you add in your dry ingredients, which should be a mix of uh, cinnamon, cardamom, cloves, salt, flour, I also added a bit of baking powder because for whatever reason, I distrust recipes that omit it. And maybe that was a mistake and part of what went <laughs> wrong, but I don't know what it is. I'm like, it's, I, I, I have to have it in there. And some, like the loaf recipes I was looking at have it in there, but Martha didn't. And I was like, I don't know why. I just didn't trust Martha today. I like, some I very dense cakes do not require
2: baking yeah. uh, powder.
0: I don't think it made a difference because this is what happened. All right. I baked it for 300 degrees for 30 minutes. And I think because Martha was making really mini ones that worked for her, that was not a long enough bake time for mine because I was actually kind of making more like muffin cupcake size ones. So I kept it in for another 10 or 15 after that. um, And then they then they were actually done and they came out. And the first thing I took a bite it was like a a a brandy delivery truck hit me in the face it was just <laughs> such a huge amount of brandy i don't know and i didn't you know i don't hate that to be honest i kind of liked it but it was kind of overwhelming <laughs> the other thing was that like i was imagining they come out looking like beautiful little muffins like these like uh fruitcake muffins that was not what happened because i think this this was my mistake i didn't chop the fruit finely enough and i wish i had used a food processor to really just like churn it up so that it would mix into the batter better and i think it was just too heavy and nothing would lift from it um it also made an inconsistent amount of like you're you're putting it into the the cups but like when the the fruit is that chunky you don't know how much batter ratio you're getting to the fruit so it all kind of came out i I rebranded them as a result they're called fruitcake clusters (laughs) (laughs) so no one needs to know i failed at making mini fruitcakes and again the taste isn't terrible it's fine it's extra boozy I'm sorry, I did not redeem the fruitcake, but I did come away with a greater respect for it. And uh, the recipe is in the show notes if you want to try it and actually do it correctly, unlike I did.
3: Yeah, well, I kind of fell into the same trap. Uh, I tried rum balls. I can't really explain why. (laughs) I took a recipe (laughs) from my baking addiction, and it's inspired from a list from an article alarmingly titled uh, Southern Living's, 38 traditional Christmas desserts we'll never stop making. So they're never stopping over there. At Don't try to stop us. <laughs> we will never stop. <laughs> they, won't, they won't stop. Can't. Won't. And uh, the recipe includes crushed vanilla wafers, confectioner of sugar, finely chopped pecans, vanilla extract, and I swapped out the corn syrup for honey, unsweetened cocoa powder, and, of course, uh, spiced rum. So the recipe I had said to use one-fourth rum, and then I was reading the comment section. There seemed like a lot of angry southern ladies said my grandma used a half rum they use a cup of rum so I caved to the comment section and so I put in a half cup of rum and the rum was 80 proof and to be honest I don't yeah. know what, <laughs> I don't know what proof <laughs> rum should be so I was at the stores like I guess this is right I, I don't I'm not you know here sipping over rum all, all day long so I don't know what proof should be uh so that was tough uh my throat was still burning. <laughs> It, they're to me personally. They're inedible.
0: <laughs>
3: they could they could kill people or you use for an arson attempt. <laughs> I gave my partner and they could not eat it. So I don't know who I'm gonna give them to. I also think I made the balls too big, so it, you really take a hit. Uh, it's probably like a shot per ball or something. Yeah, and then I I, I also <laughs> made the mistake. I thought confectioner sugar was the same thing as powdered sugar, so I thought, oh, I'll make the ball so pretty. I'll roll them in the confectioner sugar you know powdery and white but it they're like they're grayish it looks like if i imagine what a body is pulled out of a, a lake or something
2: <laughs> <laughs> gray and dead
3: so i just put, oh it, put a ton of sprinkles on top of it to cover the grayness <laughs> Uh, I'll send you guys a picture, but uh, yeah, I won't be eating them.
0: Uh, this Instagram for for this episode is not going to get any likes. It's going to be like my like chunky, gross uh, fruitcake clusters and your dead body rum balls.
3: Yeah. So we can move on from mine. The
0: Christmas corpse. Alonzo, save us. What did you make?
1: <laughs> so this is this is something that I make every year for, for Christmas. Uh, that it's one of the few recipes I'm, I'm able to pull off. And it's a chocolate mousse cake. Um, oh, it's so good. It's, it's not entirely gluten free because you use these uh, Nabisco uh, famous chocolate wafers to sort of create the layers. The cake itself doesn't have flour. You have to uh, grind up a lot of walnuts and you, you know, into mm-hmm. a fine powder. And that's really the the binder that holds the cake together. But it, uh, you know, you, you, you melt chocolate, you add it to you, you, there's a lot of egg yolks, and then you beat the egg whites to a meringue and fold that in last to sort of keep things fluffy. Um, you know, vanilla extract, uh, uh, sugar, it's, it's, it's not a ton of, of, of ingredients. It's just a lot of, you know, melting chocolate is always a pain. Adding it to eggs and making sure it's not too hot so your eggs don't scramble is is a pain. But it's it's all it's all you know doable by someone with as little kitchen competence as I have. So, uh, you know, you 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 take a springform pan, you do a layer of the famous chocolate wafers. I use the thing that I use to grind up the walnuts to also grind up some extra wafers to fill in the holes because. Unless you're a really good mosaic artist, there's no way you're gonna make an entire layer of cookies and cover up all the blank spaces. Um, you know, you dump in half more cookies, uh, dump in other half, let it refrigerate for a couple hours, and uh, you've got yourself a, a really tasty, walnutty, super densely chocolate cake.
3: Sounds delightful.
1: That sounds delicious. You can also do a little like raspberry jam in between the layers, and that's that's nice too. Oh yeah. The
0: one downside is that doesn't sound like it's going to get me drunk, Alonzo. So that's Alas, one thing against it. <laughs> no, but you, but you will totally get a – it will put you in a sugar coma. But it also sounds like you made something that actually worked unlike yes. us. So we really do appreciate you bringing uh, the confidence, you and Dave. Only because yeah.
1: of years of trial and error. One time I made it when like we were, we were living in Dallas and Dave's brother and his family came over. And I didn't uh, get the walnuts into a fine enough powder. And so it was basically – I wound up serving it in bowls as
0: chocolate mousse that had cookies floating in it for some reason.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sometimes you just have to improvise. It's all about how you present it, so you can always play it off. Just call yes. it something different. How do you save it? Like, well, Dave Alonzo, thank you so much thank for you. bringing the jolly once again to All Things Cozy. We, oh, it it wouldn't be the holidays here without you. You have a lot of amazing podcasts you're on and books – that people need to check out, let our listeners know where they can find you and how they can keep up with you.
1: Sure. Well, follow me on Twitter at a Duralde, a D U R A L D E. And that's where I pretty much link to all the other stuff, which is my reviews at the wrap, uh, my podcast, linoleum knife, which Dave and I host, um, as well as maximum film on the maximum fun network and breakfast all day and once a week I usually pop up on uh, the deck, the Hallmark podcast and those guys and I have co-written the new book. I'll be home for Christmas movies, which is a guide to uh, Hallmark Christmas movies from a podcast that, uh, likes loves and despises them. Um, and, uh, it's a great holiday gift I would say and available wherever books are sold. You can also still, uh, find copies of my previous, uh, holiday tome, um, have yourself a movie, little Christmas, um, which is about non-Hallmark Christmas movies. Uh, and, uh, you know, it makes, a, it makes a nice seasonal guide as well. And then, as you mentioned at the top of the show, of course, uh, our holiday decor can all be found on Instagram <laughs> at DxAxtree. Yeah. And uh, Dave is not as fervently into social media as I am, but you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at White. Thank you for saying everything
0: so that I didn't have to say anything. <laughs> and go listen to Linoleum Knife. It's an incredible podcast and it's been keeping me cozy. You get an amazing amount of film discussion. You stay current with the the cinema of the day. Strongly advise that you check out Linoleum Knife podcast. Thank
2: you. Um before we uh before we bail on you guys, I have a Christmas candle to recommend to the listeners of all things cozy. Oh, please do. There's a company called D, S, and Durga. So that's the letter D, the letter S, ampersand, Durga, D-U-R-G-A. They have a very beautiful Christmas candle, and it's called Portable Xmas Tree. That is the name of the candle. It's a very modern sort of crisp, but very piney, pine, pine, cedar, you know, uh, spices mix of scents. And it is the most wonderfully fragrant candle since alonzo's beloved ralph lauren holiday <laughs> candle we have one right now in our home and uh it's a bit of an indulgence but you know it's christmas and <laughs> and if you
1: want to take it with you uh, they also the, that fragrance also comes in a car uh deodorizer car air freshener that you can get from the uh, oh.
0: <laughs> i will have to get one of those I, I i don't know what it is but i'm so into car air fresheners for the holidays that are themed. (laughs) I have a Halloween one. (laughs) I need a Christmas one, so I'm going to check that out. Oh, this will do you right. Well, thanks again for joining us. It's always a pleasure. Have a very happy holiday and Merry Christmas. Happy Happy holidays, guys.
2: Merry Christmas.
0: Our bellies are full with uh, (laughs) booze-infused desserts. Um, Let's let's, uh, rock around the Christmas tree to some songs of the season. I'll kick it off. The song that is making me feel festive this holiday season is an oldie. um, And I think one that's a little less well-known. And I'm almost a little nervous that I've already recommended it on the show. And I really hope I didn't. (laughs) But I don't think I I did. (laughs) Who can remember? (laughs) (laughs) So it's the song, She Won't Be Home, parentheses, Lonely Christmas, by the UK band Erasure from their 1988 EP Crackers International. (laughs) <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a song I discovered through the dearly departed Netflix show Glow honestly some of the lyrics are melancholy but the synths this is like this is an 80s song through and through it is so upbeat you're gonna want to dance it always puts me in the Christmas spirit and so I wanted to share it with you all let's take a listen to She Won't Be Home Lonely Christmas by Erasure
3: I absolutely love this i think we have similar tastes when it comes to the 80s bops
0: yeah it's just the music is so upbeat and there's something maybe again it's like just the era that i was raised in so this is very nostalgic the sound for me so others might not have the same reaction to it but i really like the bounce to it um it's still festive
3: I, even though it's sad. yeah
0: and we hope your christmas isn't lonely um but i think we can all enjoy the the music of this song to make our christmas a little less lonely each and every one of us
3: I loved it. That was a great pick. I never heard of it before, so. I, know, I
0: it, know. It kind of feels like an underappreciated Christmas song that I feel like could be a classic if everyone would just give it a shot. <laughs> no, you're boosting it here. Jillian, uh, what is your song of the season?
3: I hope I don't butcher this, but Seagreed. Home to you this Christmas. It your was guess first... is as good as mine. It's <laughs> okay. um, called Home to you this Christmas. It was Maybe first C-Grid? released. Yeah, Seagreed. So I'll just start. Seagreed?
0: <laughs> I would say Seagreed.
3: It <laughs> like so she's a mermaid if I'm calling her
0: Seagreed. Yes, yes. greed kind of sounds like an evil mermaid. Yeah. Okay,
3: the let's start again. evil witch Okay.
0: Seagreed. But maybe you're right. I don't know. I I are no, My you're instinct right. is to say Seagreed.
3: Matt, when it comes to pronunciations, you're always right.
0: That's not true. I'm always
3: wrong. <laughs> okay, so I chose Seagreed's Home to You This Christmas, first released as Home to You in November 2019, but became popular in... August of 2021, when the BBC used it to close out its montage of the Tokyo Olympics. So Seagrid recently Christmas-fied the song, adding holiday-themed sounds and a few new lines. She said, Home to You This Christmas has always had a Christmas spirit since we wrote it. It's about my hometown and the house I grew up in with my family. I always go back for Christmas, so it felt natural to make a Christmas version. I hope it'll give some cozy vibes when it's getting darker outside. Now let's listen to Seagrid's Home to you this Christmas. When I, say, when I don't know what to do, there's a room I need to sit in. Surrounded by my favorite view, and I need a hand to hold. A heart to warn me through. Would it be okay if I came home?
0: What a beautiful song! Her voice is incredible. It's so clear and pretty.
3: It's like a Christmas bell.
0: It is like a Christmas bell. It's a it's a beautiful comparison, Julian.
3: Yeah, I really liked. It. I missed it during the Tokyo Olympics, so it's cool that I got to catch the Christmas version.
0: Yeah, th- th- honestly, that whole Olympics coverage like went right over my head. I just didn't even not over my head, but like it it blew past me. I I didn't really catch any of it, but I'm glad it's that insane. we were able to not let this song escape our clutches, yes. <laughs> our cozy candy cane clutches. <laughs> Jillian is also burning our candle for today. Um, what are we sniffing over there, Jillian?
3: <laughs> we are sniffing sewing down Sal's under the tree candle for price of thirty six dollars. So it's a little, you know, expensive, and we're on the expensive side. I actually got it as a Christmas gift. I exchange gifts with my partner early this year. We always do it pretty early, and I w- always wanted to try a candle from this line, and it's their first candle line they never sold candles before and it was started by southern charms craig conover in 2019 after his then girlfriend made fun of his sewing and pillow making hobby (laughs) on the show southern charm and she told him you sit home and you sew and you pretend to do things and craig uttered the now iconic reply what's wrong with my sewing craig now has online and in-person stores filled his pillow designs and 2021 he expanded it to include candles Complete the holiday collection. So I really had wanted, um, Rudolph's favorite, but that was sold out. So I have under the tree, which still does the trick. It's one of those classic pine scents, but it's, it's really fresh and, and lovely and has a bit of spice and a subtle hint of pepper. So it's, it's a classic, but it still is different enough where I would, I would purchase it again. So the, design is also really beautiful it's this pure white holder and it has a wax seal It says sewing down south and it's a christmas green color and it's really lovely i just wanted to try from this company so i'm I'm glad that i did
0: yeah apparently it's a a hot commodity because it's all sold out again so under the tree is sold out rudolph's favorite is sold out um, but you can still get Craig's pumpkin pie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. I really want to try R- R- Rudolph's favorite. That sounds really good because, you know, the, the pine scent can get old quick, but I don't have a real tree in my house. So mm-hmm. this is in place of that.
0: Yeah. Give this it is, this is a great recommendation. I think it it sounds like it's worth the, you know, the, the, the pricier, uh, price tag. Um, yeah. And I love the, candle holder it's really pretty it's like that like you said like very minimalist white um holder but this beautiful wax stamp in the middle of it
3: yeah and it it came on time during you know black black friday sales that was good i also want to try their cobblestone romance it's not holiday theme but it sounds really great
0: so Very, very romantic
3: very romantic all different kinds of candles up in there so give sewing down south a try
0: Well, before we leave you to enjoy the holiday season with your friends and family, uh, we do want to give some shout outs.
3: Thank you, Proustie and Madeline, for the five star review and kind words. They said, I am so glad I found this podcast. Everything in the world just feels so crazy nowadays, starting with the pandemic. I just needed something to soothe my soul, and I typed cozy into the podcast app search function, and this popped up. We all need some audio coziness. So thank you and Madeline for that lovely, kind review and for taking the time out to write us a message.
0: Yes, thank you. And for that incredible username. You know, honestly, we seem to get a fair amount of our listeners through the search function on podcast, which I think is actually that we get anybody through that is quite a testament to <laughs> both um, the show and our listeners dedication to finding coziness out in the wild. Uh, we also want to thank sunshine on my shoulders for a lovely review and five stars they wrote love this podcast just discovered it and already binging episodes also love that it's ad and sponsorship free given the theme the show could quickly devolve into a vehicle for just hawking cozy products instead it's the host earnest and honest and sometimes delightfully serendipitous oh. experience with products they pay for and can be objective about thank you sunshine on my shoulders really appreciate you, I, I mean, sometimes we wish we had some sponsor. Yeah, I,
3: I, I chuckled at it because I was like, "That is such a, a, a thoughtful and unique review, and yeah, really, really so kind." But I'm also like, <laughs> "Yeah, we don't really have the opportunity to yeah, um, no one, no, hawk no anything. One to, no <laughs> one
0: wants to give any money to us clowns." Um, but anyway, but if that's actually if, not true if, because we so, have amazing patrons.
3: Yes, but 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 if they did, if we did get products to hawk, um, we would only hawk the ones that we truly liked yes. or cared about.
0: So we we actually have gotten offers. So, at times where we said no because yes. we didn't believe in it.
3: I think there was an underwear.
0: Yeah. And we were like, this is not the place for this. <laughs>
3: no, no, it really was not. <laughs> I wanted, we don't want to go into details, but yeah, <laughs> for us.
0: Yeah. We're definitely, it wasn't me undies or something like that, but no, uh, <laughs> even, even if it were, I don't know if we're, for a me undies show. That being said, me undies, if you're looking for, <laughs> for the right price. Um, I'm kidding. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both for your five star reviews. Uh, and, and also on the topic of, of supporting the show, um, we do get all of our support from our patrons um, and you can join our Cozy community. Um, well, everyone's involved regardless of of Patreon um, subscription, but we do appreciate the support. If you are um, willing and able, you can support the show at any level or any amount. Um, a dollar is amazing to us. We're at patreon.com slash allthingscozy. And you can also find us on social media. We're at All Things Cozy Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. And we really highly recommend joining our Facebook group, um, if you're on Facebook, um, the All Things Cozy Podcast Facebook group. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just because that's where our listeners hang out and just share cozy recommendations and really... Um, the, I think the best thing about our show is our listeners and we of really course. meet these amazing this amazing group of cozy folks you'll you won't regret it
3: that is our the end of our Christmas episode which we is did it again an,
0: another mm-hmm. you know rotation around the sun another year of coziness we are going to head into the new year with even more of it um, again we hope you have a lovely and relaxing time this holiday season with your friends and with your family and with yourself and you know mm-hmm. If you are looking for ways to treat yourself, you can head out check out the last episode where we have some gift ideas. You deserve it. We really appreciate you being here with us. As always, stay, stay cozy. cozy.